Welcome to the Worthy Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Emily, and I'm here to teach spiritually curious women like you how to stop people pleasing, how to gain massive self-worth and confidence, and how to reclaim your feminine power so that you can experience more love, more freedom, and more abundance in your life, and most importantly, how to live as your most worthy, authentic self. On this podcast, I'll be giving you my best teachings, trainings, and wisdom so that you can take action towards creating your dream life and showing up as the worthy woman that you are. Hello, and welcome back to the Worthy Woman Podcast. I have a very special guest with me sitting across from me right now. We're currently sitting on my couch at my house. Pepper is wandering around. Um, He's my dog, if you didn't know already. (laughs) (laughs) And it is none other than my very best friend in the whole wide world, Tori. I love you. I love you too. (laughs) And this is a really big deal that she's agreed to come on the podcast because Tori, she'll share her story from her own perspective, but um, it's been a long time coming to really get back out there in the world and get back on the horse, get back in the saddle, (laughs) so to speak. I love that. (laughs) That's actually what Mel Wells told me on the voice note. Really? She's like, it's time to get back on the saddle. And I'm like, okay. Okay. Let's do this. Anyways, that's a side note. Um, But yeah, I'm really excited to have her on and I'm excited to share our friendship with all the listeners because there are listeners here who want to know how to find their soul sisters and create really nourishing soulful friendships with like their people. So I have my person right in front of me and I'm excited for you guys to hear our conversation and also just like hear her journey because she's been through a lot over the past couple of years and being able to be by her side through it all has been like such an honor truly because like she's really stepping into her authenticity as a person and it's just such a joy to witness her strength like her deep inner strength that she has that she's started to just like see within herself so um, don't make me cry (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so another like thing reason why I wanted to have her on too is because I know that there are people out there and if this is you that was pepper in the background (laughs) sorry if this is you just know that you're not alone. If you can relate to Tori's story in any way, you are not alone and we're here for you and we love you. Yeah. So welcome Tori. What an introduction. (laughs) I know. I didn't even know where I was going to go with this. I love it. Thank you so much. And I just want to first say one, thank you for creating the space where I can test it out and get back out there, back in the saddle. We're going with that. Um, And also for, (laughs) um, also for creating the space for me, the last two years Mm -hmm. of everything that I've been through, Melissa has been my rock through everything and, um, my inspiration and my best friend and always holds me accountable to just be my best person in every way. So, um, I truly could not have made it through everything without you. And I'm so grateful for you. 
I'm so grateful for you. I love you. <laughs> I'm going to cry. Just uh, know that this is like a normal everyday conversation between us because was, yeah. drops like that happen all the time. Like, I love you. I'm so grateful for you. <laughs> yeah, that's our relationship. We just like tell each other we love each other all the time. <laughs> all and we're the time. so just like open hearted and loving with each other. Yes. It's so special. It is. So I would love to tell everyone the story of how we met. And I feel like you tell it so well, Tori. I feel like you tell it better, but no, I can tell it. <laughs> you tell it so good. Okay. And it's really synchronistic. Like, literally, if you're listening to this and you're wondering where your soul sisters are, have this be inspiration for you to just know that the people are out there for you mm-hmm. and they're ready to find you. You just have to follow your intuition. So yeah. take it away. <laughs> I think to start just going off of what you just said, it's really important to know where I was in my life when I when I met you and I think it's very similar for you too of like just being desperate for connection and I I don't know if I love the word word desperate, but I mean I I we really were desiring was desiring it. Yes, <laughs> I was desiring it. I was living in Portland with my boyfriend of at the time 4 years and um, had gone to school at Oregon, had really struggled with female friendships my whole entire life, but especially in college, had a lot of trauma from my relationships then. Um, and then moved to Portland with my boyfriend and um, really was only connecting with people that he was friends with or that we had been with friends with from college. Past sorority sisters, people from my job, um, I was really struggling and the friendships that I did have were very topical. Like I had never experienced a level of deepness that we now have Mm -hmm. with anyone before on a friendship level. Um, so at the time, um, I was actually back in Colorado. Um, my mom had just been diagnosed with a brain tumor and I came back for her surgery and helped take care of her. And um, I have a business, which I'm sure we'll touch on a little bit, called She Factor, where um, before COVID was in-person events, we'd build chapters and meetings um, in different cities. Then during COVID, we went completely virtual. So we were doing like monthly virtual events. At the time, we were planning our very first big summit. We had done like a big event that May where we had 12,000 women. It was a graduation party and this was kind of the follow-up to that, like this big moment of like stepping into the virtual space and the summit was all about self-care and mental health. This was in August of 2020, so mental health was really declining for most people, especially in corporate because they were on Zoom fatigue and just like the pandemic and everything was so heavy, I feel like at that time. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to create a summit for women, especially in corporate, where they could really like have the space to um, focus on themselves, focus on their self care, etc. All of that said, it'll all make sense, I promise. (laughs) So my mom gets her brain surgery. And the day after she gets the most beautiful bouquet of flowers I've ever seen in my life. And the funniest part about this is that my person that was helping me with social media at the time, my mom and I, was the one who purchased the flowers for my mom. And she's in Arizona, and she literally hashtagged Denver Florist on Instagram, and that's how she found Melissa. Like, crazy how small the world is. I was so obsessed with the flowers. We were doing a video shoot the next day for our event to create promotional materials. And I was like, Melissa 
your flowers were amazing. Is there any way that you would bring a bouquet or two to the video shoot? And that was pretty much all I asked, I think. Like, yeah. I was like, I'd love to meet you, but, like, I just asked you to bring flowers. Yeah. Poor Melissa shows up, and we just, like, <laughs> throw her into the fire. Oh, and I loved it. <laughs> it was amazing. We just, we clicked instantly. I was telling my story on camera, I think, and it clicked with Melissa. So then we were like, well, why don't you tell your story on camera? And um, she literally just went along with it it was amazing I think you like changed into one of my sweaters Uh there um and I feel like at that point it was just like I think we knew that there was something special and um our stories were just very similar yeah like very similar yeah like both coming out of working in corporate miserable depressed anxious like wanting something more for ourselves um creating our businesses, even that journey, like the similarities of like the ups and downs of building, building our businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, so we clicked so much that day that I asked her to be a speaker at the event and she killed it. She did (laughs) such an amazing job. And then I think I came back that December, um, after the event or I was back for the event. Did you watch the event with us? Yes. At the hotel? No, you invited me, but I couldn't go. Um, but at some point, we just decided to do like a content day here at the oh, apartment. Yeah. That's right. That I think that was the January. next time I saw you. Yes. And um, we did like a card poll and we talked about our spiritual awakening. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like that was the day we were like, this is something special. Oh, and you interviewed, interviewed me oh, I on interviewed your you podcast, on the podcast before yes. that. And that we just like got so deep so quick. We did. We talked about like our like our journey, I think we talked about with my dad with alcohol mm-hmm. and like relying on alcohol for like numbing mechanisms. We talked about like deep soul, like deep, deep, deep conversation. Yeah. I don't think I'd had a conversation that deep on the podcast at that point. Wow. Yeah. That was like really when I was starting to come into my own on the podcast a little bit too. Yeah. I was getting comfortable. Yeah. Wow. What am I missing? Um, well, the whole apartment thing too. Oh my gosh. That was amazing. Wait, I want to say some things too. Cause yeah. as you were talking, I had an epiphany. Oh, I love when this happens. I feel like, remember when I was at realm, we, so like there's this event space in Denver called realm, which is where we did the photo shoot where mm-hmm. I met Tori in person for the first time. First of all, I saw Tori and I was like, hot damn. I was like, she is a powerhouse queen. Like <laughs> I was like, I love her already. I just want to like get to know her. I was also slightly intimidated by you. Oh my gosh. Truly. I was intimidated by you. And then, um, I brought the, I was like, not sure what to expect. I was like, are these people nice? Are these people like complete assholes? Like (laughs) not an asshole, obviously. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know. You never know. I didn't know. You'd never met us before. And then, um, and then you guys were so like amazing and welcoming. And I just knew that talking with Daisha, your assistant, mm-hmm. was it was a match made in heaven. Like it was just so synchronistic and so aligned in every way. And I remember telling my coach at the time, Tanine, I was like, Oh my god, I just like I just met this amazing company. Like it's literally a soulmate match with all of these things. Anyways, they put me on the spot and asked if I wanted to share my story with flowers. And that was the first time that I had ever opened up about mental health before. Really? In publicly. Wow. Yeah. Because, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I, 
I just put two and two together right now as you were talking that if you hadn't asked me that at that moment to share my story for the first time and speak about it, I don't think I would be where I am today because Mm -hmm. opening up about my, how flowers helped me heal anxiety and depression was the catalyst to me being like, Oh my God, if I can do this, I can help other people and become Mm -hmm. a coach. That warms my heart. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. That was the moment. That was like when the seed was planted. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That is incredible. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. That is so cool. Yeah. And then you continued to do like a whole, right when you launched your coaching program, you did, you spoke at another She Factor event on um, self-love through flowers. Yeah. And then Julia was there mm-hmm. and she, I interviewed her on my podcast too. Yeah. She's amazing. She I was one her. of our She Factor like groupies that's so awesome (laughs) she came to every event like sent her boxes I knew her name when you first posted it because I had sent her so many she factor boxes that's amazing (laughs) she's so cute I love her which reminds me Julia if you're listening I need to text you back I'm so sorry (laughs) um but wow there's so many synchronicities and then I think the craziest synchronicity was when I moved back Okay, yeah. If you want to get into that that. really quick. Well, and as so as I was sharing my story, that was really impactful for me because you were asking me questions to help me like dig deeper and like help me speak on it, which was really cool. And then I was was, like like, standing behind the camera asking you questions. I remember that. I was like, I don't know what to say. And you're like, Okay, here's this question. Um, and then when I was listening to you share your story and I was watching you with your photographer, like pose in the chair and do all these pictures, I was like, wow, she has so much self-confidence and she just like owns it. Like she's just meant to be in the spotlight Mm -hmm. and sharing your story. You were just like, this is what, like how I got to where I am today. This is why I started G Factor. And I was moved truly. And I was like, okay, we're meant to be in each other's lives. But at that point, I didn't know that we would become friends because I'm like, she lives in Oregon. Yeah. I was still really struggling with friendships. I had just recently like, quote unquote, broken up with my group of friends. Mm. Like that was like a huge blowout with Mm -hmm. like this whole group. So I was still, I wasn't ready. Like my heart wasn't really ready at the time, but I really connected with you. And at that point, I was going through like a breakup with my friends too because it was that that experience, my mom's brain surgery, where my friends didn't show up for me the way that I I needed them to, and I literally like that ended our friendship Whoa. completely. And that was with my best friend. I thought she was gonna be my maid of honor in my wedding, like my f- roommate from freshman year of college. And to this day, like we still have not talked. So like wow. I don't think my heart was ready for it either. Yeah, it truly is a testament to like when things fall apart like that, you have to trust that they're gonna. there's a reason. There's going to be a full circle moment where you're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Like I was not meant to be friends with that person. Right. <laughs> and it's funny too, because it, this is kind of random and I don't know if I've told you this, but you remind me a lot of her in like oh, yeah, you did. really like the best ways of her, but then like so much more than that. Thank you. And so it's, it's weird that that friendship ended and then like you came into my life like literally simultaneously I mean that's like the work of God Mm -hmm. truly it really is (laughs) which our whole friendship is like it is it really well it's really cool because Steph who was also at the photo shoot 
invited me to go to her breathwork circles. Mm -hmm. And that's where I met our other friend, Brittany, at one of those circles, who I've interviewed on the podcast as well, Brittany Barcelos. And then it's just like... And then at one of those events, you also met Brit Lee. Yeah, so like at Brit... So Brittany and I became close from that, from... It's just, it all, it's crazy (laughs) how we're all connected. So I met Brittany and then Brittany and I like started just like collaborating together and becoming friends. And then Brittany invited me to one of her retreats and on the retreat, the girl that was the chef for the whole retreat was like, Melissa, you need to meet my friend Britt Lee, who's moving to Denver. And then I met Britt Lee and then I was like friends with Tori and then I was like, you guys, that's a whole another story, yeah. but we all became friends with each other basically mm-hmm. through God, like yep. through literally you can't make this shit up. Like this is so synchronistic. Like we weren't even, we, we weren't on like Bumble BFF. We weren't on Facebook groups. We weren't like putting ourselves out there and like being like, I'm going to make new friends today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It was, and I've been there before. Mm-hmm. I've done that. I have too. And it's like. I was doing it in Portland at yeah. the time. I literally was on Bubble BFF and That's I was so like, funny. I need friends. Yeah. So like, anyways, it just all fell into place for mm-hmm. us. And I it didn't did. even real. I didn't, it was like better than I could have ever dreamed of, honestly. Yeah. Instantly. It was so instant. Yeah. So then we, you interviewed me on your podcast. Mm-hmm. We got to know each other a lot better. And I was like, I like this chick. <laughs> and then <laughs> then you were like, hey, I'm coming into Denver. Let's do a photo shoot. Yep. Photo shoot with some flowers. And then we were trying to like rent out a space. But then I was like, why don't you just come over to my house? Because my house is really aesthetically Beautiful. pleasing. Yes. <laughs> and I fell in love with it. <laughs> yes. Okay. And then you fell in love with it. That was probably in December. I remember there being snow on the ground. I think it was January. Or because, yeah. Yeah. I remember like the new year, year had yeah. passed already. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And then in May, so we like stayed in touch, mm-hmm. like commenting on each other's Instagram. I did and- your online um, self-love summit. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. was in February. I remember it being Valentine's Day. Yes. And then um, I can't believe that was before May, but it was. So then I came back in May. And in May, and this will kind of go into like my journey over the last year a little bit too. um, I was in a really bad place in my relationship. And I was about to go on a trip with him to Boston and D.C., but I was stopping in Denver before I left um, just to like kill a couple days. I literally didn't tell a single soul I was in town. And I was like, I just feel called to reach out to Melissa and see if she wants to get lunch. You were the only person that knew other than my family that I was in town. I feel so special. It, but it was, it was just on my heart. Like I was like, I'm just going to ask her if she wants to get lunch. It was like the day before I was like, Hey, do you want to go get lunch somewhere in Cherry Creek? I was like, uh, yeah, I do. And (laughs) so we went and I think I just started my medical medium. I just done the medical medium cleanse. So we talked a lot about that. I was in the middle of it. I was on you the were, cleanse. You were on the cleanse. I just finished it. Yeah. Because um, I was starting to deal with my... That was when I was starting to get really sick with my health issues. Yeah. And then we talked about Tony. We did like this card pull at the table. I brought my freaking Oracle cards to True Food. <laughs> and we were just like sitting at this table at lunch doing a full card pull. And I remember the card pull, like, I don't remember the specifics, but it was just, like, so spot on. 
in the craziest way. Mm-hmm. And I told Melissa that day, and I had not really voiced this to anyone. I was like, being here in Cherry Creek, like I being around you and your energy, like I just really want to move back to Denver. Like it's on my heart. I want to move back. And I would love to live in this area. And Melissa was like, well, funny you say that because (laughs) the people that live above us in this apartment, or it's not even an apartment, it's like a duplex um, that I fell in love with when we did our photo shoot, she was like, they just bought a house and they're probably going to be moving out in the next couple of months. Yeah. It was like so synchronistic. So And they had just decided that like the week before. And my neighbors that were living above us told me. And so it was just on my radar. Mm -hmm. And then when you said that, I heard the click in my head. I was like, oh, well, actually, you can live above us if you want. And it just worked out so perfectly with, like, the timing. The timing couldn't have been better. I manifested it. I've never manifested something so vividly and clearly. Like, I literally put it on my vision board, like a picture (laughs) that I took of the the place. Um, And... It was like so strongly on my heart. I was like, this is the place. This is it. Like, didn't you go see a tour while you were here mm-hmm. in Denver? You, yes. We asked the neighbors if she could come see the place. Well, I just like, I think the next day. Yeah. I think I literally came and saw it the next day. Yeah. And that I was like, this is it. So <laughs> I didn't tell my boyfriend at the time. I literally just like manifested it myself because I just had this feeling that he wouldn't be a part of it. Um, not the best way to go about this, but I ended up signing the lease without telling him or breaking up with him. <laughs> oh, oh man. man, I look back at that and I cringe. But hey, um, but really, it was like that was the first time I'd really proved to myself that I could manifest whatever I wanted to. Yeah, and that upstairs was like my little healing haven, and we became so much closer mm-hmm. and even though I didn't live there for longer than like I think I think I was in there for maybe six or seven months um it was perfect and it was everything I needed yeah. and like that was when like our friendship blossomed mm-hmm. actually that day I don't know if you remember this at lunch where all of that went down we were walking away and leaving and you were like this is crazy but I think I want you to be a bridesmaid at my wedding. That's right. (laughs) Oh my God. I just knew. I was like, I just know that Tori's one of my best friends. I just knew. And like, that was only what? The third time we'd hung out? Yeah. Crazy. I just felt like such, (laughs) it it does sound crazy, guys. (laughs) It sounds insane. But like, when you know, it's like, when you know, you know. Like when I met Derek, I'd literally never met him in person. We were talking for a month on Tinder. And then that night that we met in person, he asked me to be his girlfriend. I and that. I said no. <laughs> but I said... Why did you say no? Or no, he didn't ask me to be his girlfriend. He told me he loved me. Sorry, Derek. I'm totally exposing <laughs> you. He said, I love you. And I was like, I... But when can, you know, you know. I will, I will fall in love with you, but I can't say that I love you right now because I literally just met you. But... Um, <laughs> Probably good. Yeah. But yeah, but we like, just knew. You just... It's so cool. Oh my gosh. I'm like... And I remember wow. calling Jamie, who was the one that bought the flowers at... originally of how we met I called her right after we left lunch and I was like you're never gonna guess what happened (laughs) it's like you literally just introduced me to my best friend in the whole world like she asked me to be in her wedding like I don't know if that's gonna happen but like we're literally soul sisters and I can't thank you enough and I was like crying to her in the car oh my god yeah 
I love that so much. It was just like everything that I needed. Oh, so, I'm so glad. Yeah. It worked out. You guys, like when you trust in yourself, when you trust in like the flow and the magic of the universe, mm-hmm. and when you just like declare what you want, it's going to happen. Yeah. And this is, it's, it's, and it's going to happen in ways that you can't even imagine. And like, I feel like the biggest lesson that I learned in our friendship and even in like the whole manifesting the apartment, like experience was like, you can't hold on to a timeline. Like I had this whole belief. I was like, well, I can't be in her wedding. I've only been friends with her for like months Yeah. or like, I can't like live in this apartment yet. Like, or this duplex because I haven't even broken up with my boyfriend. Like I haven't even thought about moving across the country, Mm -hmm. but I just, I was like, God, universe, like timing is yours. And that was the first time that I really had to like surrender to that. And it all worked out perfectly. Yeah, it truly did. Mm -hmm. So many things worked out perfectly. Yeah. That's so amazing for both of us. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And then last year in August, I did get married and Tori was standing up there next to Mm me and just like between that moment at lunch and now it's like just been blossoming. Our, yeah. our friendship just goes so deep and we play together and now we have our other friend Britley in our little gang. And like, I feel like people say that a friendship of three people won't work. Yeah. But we are the exception to that rule. Totally <laughs> we truly agree. are. Anyways. So that's our story. That's our love story. That's our love story. <laughs> I love that. I love that too. So I, I would love to like get into more of like what you've been experiencing as far mm-hmm. as challenges over the past couple of years. Cause yeah. you have been through some really challenging times in your life. Mm-hmm. And I would love for you to like, just share anything that you want about that. Yeah. For um, sure. and like where you're at now, like potential like lessons looking back or things looking back in retrospect where you're like this is what makes sense now and this is like how I'm going to move forward yeah for sure so I would say I started my self-growth journey like actually I mean I've done all the things growing up like I would I was in landmark forum as a kid like I'd been through a lot of trauma with my parents like my dad was a meth addict alcoholic my mom built a huge business so she was kind of absent for that but I had never like really done the work in an, in an aware state until I started my business and my mom and I started together and we had to really work on what that relationship was and I started we worked on all of this with a coach um and I remember her like working through limiting beliefs and like what manifestation was and we were doing this independently while also working on our relationship with my mom. So I, we started our business in May of 2019. Um, and in August of 2020, well, obviously the pandemic happened. Um, and in August of 2020 was when my mom got her brain tumor. And that was really like threw me into a spiral of like, okay, this is what all the work that I've been doing like amounts to like, this is the time where I get to practice what I preach and like, and start working, like actually like putting all of it into work, integrating it. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, when I started doing that, I started to realize that my relationship was not where I wanted it to be. And 
Um, I'd been with him for four years. He didn't show up for me the way that I wanted him to during that experience. He was mad at me for staying in Colorado for as long as I did when I, you know, needed to be here with my family to take care of my mom and my younger siblings. Um, that really also opened my eyes up to like how our timeline was not the same. Like I thought he was going to propose that summer and he didn't. And like, then I came back and was like, when's it happening? Yeah. And he was like, Oh, Thank I God. think like 2024. And I was like, are you, can I cuss? <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, how did we like miss the mark so much on that? But we'd been together for four years. That really like sent me into shock too. We were kind of rocky. That December, we go to Arizona for a two-week vacation, just the two of us, but ended up having his friends come the first weekend for like a golf trip, and we end up all getting COVID. And this is the first time I'd gotten it. I didn't get that sick during, but then the symptoms never went away. The fatigue was horrible. Um, I was like, I'd never had an issue with my sleep, but all of a sudden became an insomniac. I was not sleeping like three to four nights a week. Um, at this point, my mom decided to like go off and do her own thing. So I was running the business completely by myself with the help of like two part-time employees. I really like my whole life started to fall apart right before me. My relationship was falling apart. Like my health was falling apart. My business was like hanging on by a thread. It all just started to crumble. But that was also the time where I really started to lean into like my desires and the life that I wanted to build and things that I wanted to manifest, what boundaries I needed to set. My partner at the time didn't believe me that I was sick, even though I was starting at that point to get really, really sick. And I was just like living in a fog, literally, because I was in Portland. (laughs) (laughs) And I hated living in Portland. It was not energetically where I was meant to be. Mm -hmm. I think it was a great place for me to be right out of college, but like at this point, I had no community, I had no friends, my family was here, and going through my health stuff all alone. So on the health front, they were, they could not figure out what was wrong with me, they said it was long haulers from COVID, so I kind of like stuck to that. And actually, part of the reason why I moved back to Colorado is because I got into five clinical trials at National Jewish for long haulers. So the apartment fell into my lap, Um, I got into these trials. I was like, this is my time. I'm going to break up with my ex. I started to just like stay really firm in what I wanted and like didn't lose sight of that. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to live here. I wanted to be by my family. I wanted to feel better. And in order to do that, like I needed to be here. Yeah. So (laughs) I basically moved to Colorado like on kind not on a whim I was planning on moving to Colorado but he didn't really know that I was planning on moving so it to Colorado looked like a whim kind of it looked him. like a whim I was like I'm moving to Colorado in a month um I have a place to live I think we should take some space to figure out what we want we had been together for five and a half years at this point and owned a house together so it wasn't going to be an easy break so I moved here and I think for that first month we were broken up and then he showed up at my doorstep oh he had gone (laughs) he had gone to a football game I went to University of Oregon we went he went to Oregon football game at Ohio State and literally called me was like what if I flew back through Denver and we can talk through things and figure it out he really tried and I think that point was like really pivotal in my journey of 
speaking my truth and yeah. going back to like our intention for this episode, like that was like a really, really big turning point for me in speaking my truth. Like I had been dancing around ending the relationship for months at that point and I had ended it. I had moved here, but it was, it wasn't like a, a ending. Yeah. It didn't feel like I'd ended it. Yeah. So he came and we spent three days. I'd written him like an 11 page letter. A lot of this work was like work that Melissa had led me through. She was like, man, like write down everything that you want in your partner, like write a letter to him. Like it was work that you had led me to do. And I spent like countless nights working on it. I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm so glad. And even now to this day, like I still look back at that and I'm, that was one of my proudest moments I think in this journey is like writing that letter and being so deeply vulnerable with myself. And I was like, he's never going to read it. never going to give it to him. It's just for me. Yeah. And then when he showed up, I was like, actually, actually I'm (laughs) going to read you this letter. (laughs) Yeah. And I did. And it was so freeing. And like I, my prayer for the whole end of the relationship consistently was I, I'm, I pray for the most benevolent outcome. Mm -hmm. Like I just wanted it to end in love and compassion for each other. And that was the beginning of that happening. Um, we came, we like opened up, left everything on the table. We're like, we're going to give this one more try from this space of like now being completely open and honest with where we're at. So he ended up coming out here. We tried it and it just was a flop. Mm-hmm. It just didn't feel good. It didn't feel aligned. Like my relationships here were growing deeper and deeper. Like I was closer with my family. I had friends. I had a life. And like he just didn't fit into that anymore. Mm-hmm. So we broke up on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Poppy? Oh my gosh. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> that was kind of that a catalyst. That was kind of a catalyst too. So when we broke up initially in August, my I part of the a big thing for me, it was a big thing, was that I wanted a dog. And, oh, like, yeah. if you know me, you know that, like, I talked about it in, on social media. I talked about <laughs> it, like, with our friends. Like, everyone in my life knew that I wanted a dog and Tony wouldn't let me get one. Oh, I just said his name. Oh, well, whatever. You can bleep it Who out. Who cares? That was a huge red flag for me. I was like, why won't you just let me get the goddamn dog? Like, why? <laughs> I'm, like, still triggered by it. <laughs> and specifically, I wanted a golden retriever, light-colored like it was, I had an image in my mind of what I wanted. Yeah. This is another one of those, like prove to myself that this was a manifestation that came true. She was on my vision board, everything. Rebecca Rose in the medium, when I had my session with her in that May had actually told me like, you're not getting a dog right now. Wait, it'll fall into your lap. And it did. And it did. <laughs> so my younger kids, my younger kids, my younger siblings are all young kids. Like, 10 and 13 and they go to this private school and the principal of the private school is also a golden retriever breeder (laughs) (laughs) and my mom was kind of in tandem with me we decided that we were going to put my name on the list for one of the golden retrievers in august and they were literally perfect like they were exactly what i wanted them like my golden to look like and so behind the scenes of all this breakup mess I was secretly getting a puppy for Christmas Eve (laughs) and I didn't tell him. I didn't tell him about the move. I didn't tell him about the dog and probably not good on my part on either of those things, but I kind of was using the dog as like a way to like see 
what would happen. Not my most emotionally mature moment, but <laughs> it's okay. It all worked out because I got the puppy on Christmas Eve and he flipped shit. He was like, you can't keep the dog. You have to give it back. Like that was the reason why we broke up was the dog. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> and I would choose Poppy every day over and over again. Yes. <laughs> she's my best friend. She got me through that breakup. I mean, yeah. she was like, she's gotten me through my, my illness, everything. So yeah, I feel like I'm going into extreme detail on this, but it's important though for the story, I think. <laughs> I feel like all of the little parts are important. They are, because they all like lead to the next things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So at this point I was feeling better. I'd like kind of taken a toll on my on my health journey. Um, taken a turn, not a toll. Um, but then I got COVID again over Christmas. And I was fine for about a month and a half. And I went to Tulum for Oh yeah. A retreat. And I was thinking about buying a business, an infrared sauna business, um, with the money that I got from Tony buying me out of the house. Um, it, it felt on the outside, like everything was happening and falling into place. I was like, I just went through this breakup. I was actually doing okay. Yeah. I feel like I prepared myself for the breakup for like a whole year. You did. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like doing okay. Go to this retreat. Like everything is like working out the way I want it to. She factor was kind of taking a, a back burner, but I was like, I, I feel like it'll, you know, get back going when I'm ready. Another part of the story is my mom was also simultaneously running for governor of Colorado. <laughs> so that was a little wild, but I was really good about keeping my space from that and not being a part of it and letting myself like figure out my own journey. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I got really sick again. So sick that I decided to move back home um, because I was like having dizzy spells. I like could barely get out of bed. There was one point, talk about amazing friends, where I like literally didn't get out of bed for probably three weeks. And Melissa and Britley were both like, they literally called my mom because yeah. they were worried about I me. I was so worried about you. And I just couldn't like keep my eyes open for more than five minutes. Like it was, that was, I want to say probably the most sick I was, but I mean, the most sick I was without knowing what it was. Yeah. But I just, that was also the moment where I started to get like really close with God and like spend a lot more time with him mm-hmm. and like trusting him that he would lead me to the right answer. And it was literally an intuitive hit that it was Lyme. Yeah. Like it was overnight, I kind of feel like. Wow. Um, I didn't know that. That's well, cool. I had this thing on my hand. Oh, that's right. Like, it was a bite that I had gotten in 2019 that kept flaring up. And at this point, it started flaring up a lot. And I made the connection in my head. I was like, I don't think this is long haulers. I think this bite has something to do with it. I'd never heard of Lyme disease. I'd never, like, even thought twice about it being anything other than long haulers. Other than maybe it being Epstein-Barr from the medical medium stuff. But my Epstein-Barr wasn't activated. So I just... I went to like eight different doctors. No one would test me for it. They're like, it's not Lyme. It's chronic fatigue. It's it's Epstein-Barr. It's just a, a skin thing. Here's some topical treatment, like cream. And I just knew in my gut. I was like, this is Lyme. It is. And so I found a specialist in Denver. She literally, on the first call, was like, this is a textbook Lyme disease case. Like, we're going to test you. Um, the bad thing about Lyme is that you get worse before you get better because it's a full detox process. So it's going to be rough, but even just having the answer was like 
everything for me. I remember that. Yeah. Because my ex had made me seem like I was losing my shit, that I was crazy. Um, at this rate, I thought, I think my family was starting to be concerned and think that I was losing my mind. Like it just, I knew something was wrong and that I was like, Oh my gosh, like I did it. (laughs) I just want to take a moment to say like, I'm so, I know you know this, but I'm so proud of you for advocating for yourself and for stepping up and trusting your intuition Mm -hmm. on that. Thanks. And look at what happens when you do that. Mm -hmm. Like you, the, if you guys don't, I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but the medical medium is, um, a really big piece of my life. Um, has helped me a lot in healing. And he always says, you can't heal if you don't know the root cause of why you're Mm -hmm. sick. And the, and knowing the root cause is the first step is like the actually half of the entire healing process. I would say it's, it's easily half of the entire yeah. healing process. Getting like the second that I had a diagnosis, yeah. it was like a hundred thousand pounds lifted off my shoulders. And I want to speak to as well. I feel like the autoimmune slash like chronic mystery illness world is, is still kind of like, there's a lot of unknowns there. And so all of like the gaslighting that happens mm-hmm. and that you were experiencing with, with your ex, with your family, <laughs> And like people thinking that you're quote unquote crazy because the symptoms are silent. Mm -hmm. Like the only way that you can physically see that you're sick is that you just can't get out of bed. Yeah. And people will be like, you're fine. Just drink some coffee. Like, you know, go, what, have you tried drinking more water? Have you tried Mm -hmm. doing this? Have you tried doing this? And it's like, no one gets it. Right. So I just wanted to speak to that because it's really important that people, A, are evil either able to advocate for themselves or have people around them that don't think that they're crazy and actually believe that what they're saying is true and like that this is a real thing and that it's possible to heal. Yeah. And I think you were actually a big part of that for me. Like you were one of the people that actually believed me that I was sick. Oh yeah, totally. I know that you had been on your healing journey too and you had been through that as well. And like you had experienced the same darkness and anxiety and depression that came with that Mm -hmm. and not knowing. And I think it was really important for me to have somebody in my life, like going through this, that didn't gaslight me, that believed me through and through. And I think like healing wise, I thought because I thought it was all mental, I was like, well, if I get consistent sleep and I wake up at 5 a.m. and I do my journaling and I do my meditation and I do my breath work and I go to the gym and I drink two gallons of water a day. <laughs> like if I only eat plant-based, if I cut out gluten, if I cut out alcohol, like I went through that whole entire spiral yeah. in like, I don't know, three or four months. Right. And I was making myself even crazier by like keeping yeah. myself so restricted. Yeah. And I would do that for like, two months and then I'd crash. Yeah. And, um, it just shows too that like lack of information and understanding mm -hmm. about what is physically happening in your body is, is so is it's like, it it can be so damaging because Mm -hmm. then you think you're gaslighting yourself and you're like, well, if it's all in my head, if I just try harder mm-hmm. to live a normal life, then maybe I'll start to feel better. But, but then it makes you sicker. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I like think... something's wrong with me. Like right. I, yeah. So. And like the symptoms like fatigue and joint pain and like I was getting like random rashes or and stuff like that. Like 
it is stuff that isn't necessarily noticeable from the outside. So on the outside, I looked completely fine other than my brown hair phase, which <laughs> we were talking about earlier. I like decided to dye my hair brown, which was horrible. <laughs> Never going back. But other yeah, than that. you tried it. Yeah. You know, you're like, that's not, not, not my look. Um, but other than that, I looked completely normal on the outside. And yeah. I think like it's been really eye-opening to everyone in my life. Like watching me go through the struggle of like, okay, and not necessarily you, but like my mom and my family, my younger siblings, my now current boyfriend who has been my friend for a long time and all of this, like it's, I think it's been really eye opening for them to watch somebody go through chronic illness and understand that like, I think it gives you a level of compassion. Like people are going through shit when you can't see it, Mm -hmm. you know, for sure. Um, even like your heart rate was crazy. Like resting 120. Like it was like, I couldn't like go on a walk without feeling gassed. Like, um, and this is like, also if you look into the medical medium, like stories about how people healed and stuff, this is so their journey. They'll go to like eight different doctors and they'll spend so much time and money and energy trying to like tell people I'm not feeling well Mm -hmm. and people like if they've never experienced that before they don't get it they've just like they they can't even comprehend it they're like you look fine you're not sick your blood levels are fine you look fine like everything's fine and then the doctor's like telling you oh no it's not Lyme it's not Mm -hmm. Lyme like yeah it's crazy so anyway trust your intuition trust your intuition that's the moral of the story there's a lot of education that needs to be happening and it's going to come out. Like the mm-hmm. truth is starting to come out and it's becoming yeah, more helpful. But it is yeah. even in small ways, like going off birth control or like, mm, I yeah. think there's a huge like birth control movement happening right now. Yeah. And that was a big thing for me too. Like that's right. When I went off it? birth control in May when things started to fall apart with Tony. This is another weird <sighs> part um, because they say that being on birth control can alter your pheromones. Oh, yeah. And, like, you are attracted to people that you typically wouldn't be attracted to. And I went off birth control because I was going to get my eggs frozen. I've always wanted to get my eggs frozen. My mom went through in vitro. It was, like, part of the reason also why I moved back that August was because I was going to go through the whole procedure. And my doctor was here. And um, they ended up not moving forward with it because I was so sick. They were like, we don't want to push all these hormones through your body while you're sick. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. Thank God. Oh my gosh, I cannot even imagine that. I I think it would have sent me into an even deeper, darker spiral. I agree. May, when I went off of it, was right right around the time that things started to like get really bad with Tony. Oh. And so... That makes sense. Like... Well, you were... I mean, I feel like so many things were happening on top of that too. Like yeah, that everything. probably contributed to it. And then you were spiritually awakening. Yeah. That, that's like the other part of all of this was like the spiritual journey of it. Yeah. Which could be an oh, its a own episode of itself I know <laughs> but um I will say that like the medical community is doing everything they can to keep us from being spiritually awakened in every way say that again for <laughs> the people in the back <laughs> and it's it's so subtle and that's what kills me is like it's it's so subtle it's the gaslighting it's like doctors not being um, trained or aware and even naturopathic doctors. I mean, I went to probably five of those eight doctors were naturopaths and they mm-hmm. just stuff vitamins down your throat. Right. And they're like, this will cover it all up. Yeah. Um, 
but they don't want us to be healthy. They don't want us to be spiritually awakened. They don't want us to know the truth. Yeah. And like that came through strong and clear this whole process. And I feel like a lot of like most, I can't speak for them, but what I've come to understand through going through my own journey as well is like, usually doctors have a good interest. Like they mm-hmm. want to help. Yep. They, they aren't just doctors just to make a ton of money. Like they do actually, there are people that actually care, Yeah, for sure. but it's the lack of, of actual, like real truth and information mm-hmm. that's being withheld at the higher levels. That is why people are continuing to stay sick. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's not their fault necessarily exactly. because it's what they're being taught. Right. Yeah. So they, the they don't know what itself. they don't know. Right. Um, that's yeah. a landmark for term. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. It's like a circle. It's like, you know what you know, you know what you don't know. Oh, yeah. And then you don't know what you don't know. You told me that before. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was from landmark. Yeah. I also did landmark. I told you this, but I'm yeah. telling it to the podcast <laughs> and it was a crazy experience. Yeah. Maybe don't do no, it, but <laughs> don't do it. But I got a really good thing out of it. I, I got a lot of good little nuggets of wisdom. I healed my relationship with my dad because I went to Landmark. Me too. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. That was like a big part of me healing my relationship with my dad. Oh, look at us. We didn't even know that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Um, Okay. So to wrap it all up in a bow, let's, are you, do you feel complete with your story? Like, I feel like you had, you, so you got really sick in the spring yeah and then that you went to Tulum right before that it was like end of February okay and then you got really sick Mm -hmm. and then the springtime came around and you decided to move back home Mm, yes yeah I moved back in March yeah that's Mm -hmm. right and then I feel like there was another wave of like like you were still kind of dealing with being sick, but you were also kind of like coming out of your shell again mm-hmm. in the summertime, like yeah, the late sure. spring, summer. Yep. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. I think being diagnosed, like I said, was like a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. I think I got my official official diagnosis in July because right, um, okay. I was on treatment for two months before I got my diagnosis because they have to treat you to like let the Lyme come to light. So that was like a huge thing for me. I'd been on, I'd been in treatment for two months. So I was starting to feel better. Um, but I think more than anything is the spiritual journey behind it. Mm -hmm. Like I finally started to be consistent with what I wanted. Like I've always known in my heart and my soul. And I hired a coach for $10,000 to to tell me this, which pains (laughs) me. Um, I've always known that I've wanted to have a good morning routine and a consistent like lifestyle and like to be in the feminine mm-hmm. and I was like really stuck in the masculine and then I decided I guess so a big part of this is I decided in March like not to go back to my business that I was going to yeah. spend the year the rest of the year healing and I I talked with my mom the the sauna business didn't go through I got really sick and we decided that I was going to take the rest of the year to just heal which is a really big decision it was a huge decision Because I basically decided, like, we weren't going to go back to my business, our business that we did together. She was going to continue running for governor, but I couldn't be a part of it. And it was a really heavy decision, but it felt very easy to make. Mm -hmm. It was like, this is what needs to happen. Yeah. Um, It was like the final moment of, like, accepting that this was going to be my journey. Mm -hmm. And that 
the next several months became like a full deep dive into like loving myself again, Mm. loving myself after my breakup, loving myself through my illness. I think Lyme in general, and I think most people who have been through it will say that it is a completely spiritual journey. Yeah. And it just like, it sends you into dark places, but it also shows you the parts of yourself that are so strong, so resilient. Um, it, it really brings through like the best people in your life. Like it's not for the, the, um, faint of heart. heart. (laughs) And even the people walking that journey with you, it's not, they can't be faint of heart either. Like they have to really hold you through that. And so it really was just this awakening. And like in my darkest moments, I was also experiencing this joy and like this light and this freeness and freeness, freedom. Um, and it was a really beautiful experience of experiencing that like simultaneously, like Mm. the darkest and the most joyful. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was, oh my God. I love, you're such a good speaker. Thank you. (laughs) I love the way that you told that story. It's really beautiful. I think it's important for people to know, like, I think no matter what you're going through, And I don't think that I accepted this until going through this journey. Like, I think we were talking about this the other night too. Like, I am now not afraid to ever, like, have a broken heart or to, like, Mm. go to break myself. Like, I don't feel like myself that I can ever be more broken than I was over this last year. Yeah. I'm sure that God and the universe will test me and and challenge me on that top, on that, whatever I just said. But (laughs) truly, like, being able to experience joy through that was the biggest blessing I could have ever experienced. And like, no matter if you're going through a breakup, if you're going through a hard time with friends, if you're going through a hard time in your business, if you're just going through a hard time spiritually, because that by itself alone can be deep and dark and dreary, Mm -hmm. like you can also have joy. Yes. You can let yourself have joy. That's what I'm going to call the episode, I think. Let yourself have joy. Yeah, just like something around that topic because that's so powerful. And what's coming through for me right now to like ask you on is I think a lot of people when they're going through really difficult situations will try and like almost like spiritually bypass Mm. and be like, I just, I'm just going to pretend to feel happy and then I'll feel happy or like, if I just say enough positive affirmations or if I just try and see this through the, through a good perspective, which is helpful, um, then maybe this will all go away or like, how do I just like cope with it? But I feel like it's something deeper than that for you, which is what Mm -hmm. you experienced. Yeah. And I feel like that has a lot to do with God and like Mm -hmm. trusting that you're, you're on this journey for a reason. Mm -hmm. You might may not know exactly why, but like, you wouldn't be going through it if you weren't meant to experience it. So I'd love yeah. for you to like kind of speak on that. Yeah, that's been a huge part of all of this. Like I remember um and moving back to Denver and Britley actually is the reason why I started on this journey, but I really did start to discover my relationship with God again and figure out what that meant because I think um you know, there's this this uh like what is the word I'm looking for? Um like tug of war between religion and spirituality Mm -hmm. and you can have both. And that was like a big aha moment for me and going through all of this. Like I remember like 
having that internal battle, but knowing that like my relationship with God was truly like all that mattered and spiritually and in the space of like being in a church, like I can have both and all that matters is my relationship with God. And so I started to realize that, um, I think soon after my breakup and when I started to get sick, I started to explore that more. And I remember going to church one day and I don't know what came, well, it was God that came over me and I just dropped to my knees. And this is, I think right around the time that I started my treatment, I didn't know for sure it was Lyme. Um, but I, I knew that I had like made the right decision in finding the right doctor. And I fell to my knees and I bawled my eyes out for three hours. Like, and my friend sat with me and like, it was, it was this overcoming feeling of you're going to be okay. And like, I'm here and like, you wouldn't be going through this if you weren't strong enough to go through it. I think people throw that around a lot. Like, Oh, like good things happen. Bad things happen to good people, but it's because they can handle it. It's like, because they're strong enough, but this was different. It was like, this is going to be a part of your journey. Mm. And I've always since day one, ever since my diagnosis had this, like just this knowing that I'm going to come out of it. Like I am not my illness. I am not, I, I have Lyme right now in me, but I can heal from that and I will heal from that. It's not your identity. It's not my identity. And like, that's the biggest thing I think for a lot of people that are diagnosed with autoimmune mystery illness, Lyme disease is that they, it becomes their identity. Yeah. And I was so cautious and aware of that from day one of like, that is not going to be me. Oh my gosh. I'm so And I think I had moments. Yeah. But like we all do. Yeah. If we, if we get sick, it's Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, this is taking over my life. Yeah. (laughs) How could you not like identify Mm -hmm. in some ways? But, but yeah, I just had a knowing that I was, this was not going to be my forever story, but that it would be a part of my journey. And I had to go through it in order to come out of the other side. And you know, I'm not totally out of it, not out of the woods. I've been super sick for the last two weeks on new protocols and all the things, but I still have this deep knowing that it's going to be good. And also like it's becoming a part of like the message that I want to share and the truth that I want to share is like this like inner strength and this resilience that we all have within us Mm -hmm. and how to practice that and how to build it and how it's like a muscle. Like you have to build, build it up. Totally. You know, and it's interesting you say it's like a muscle because like some, in order to build the muscle, it has to be torn. Mm. That's also been a key mantra for me since, actually since like August of 2021, is sometimes things have to break in order for them to be built back better. Yeah. And I think during this whole journey, like the whole story, I just told every single piece of it, like you see every piece of my life break. Like... Except for, well, yeah, I was going to say except for us, but... But, like, my friendships before. before, Yeah. Yeah, the friendships before had to break down. Um, My relationship had to break. My financial security had to break. My had to, like, surrender to moving back home with my parents being 26 and, like, what am I doing? Like, that had... I had to break down my ego, my spiritual beliefs, my limiting beliefs. Like, I had to... I had to break every single piece. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. I know, like, I know that you had to do that, but when you just saying that right now, I I realize like the epicness of everything that you've been through. Like the, 
the grandness of all of that. Like, wow. And I think like in order, and I'm, like I said, I'm not on the other side of it, but I'm to the point where I can start to speak to it. Right. And I'm starting to see how beautiful it is on the other side and like starting to explore what my business is going to look like now and starting to get back to work and starting to have energy and like starting to just like build my life again. And I wouldn't be able to build it from where it was at before. Yeah. Like there was no way that I could live a sustainable, prosperous, beautiful, awakened life from the point that I was at in August of 2020 Yeah, or even August of 2021. Yeah. Like I, I had to have all of that happen in order for me to be come like who I am today. That is so beautiful. Thank you. I'm in awe of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now you're like, I was, I was, um, writing about this today about how when we go through really dark periods of our lives, we're like basically ripping out all of those old weeds and cleaning out all of the old so we can make space for the new. And right now it feels like you're like tilling that fertile soil and like planting the <laughs> yes. seeds. Yeah. And like creating that really, really, really strong foundation from a place of integrity and mm-hmm. clarity and resilience. Yeah. That's it to a T. I think integrity is like a big thing for me. It always has been a word that I've resonated with. And before all of this, when I was in my past relationship when I was living in Portland when I was running my business like I was doing it all from a place with no integrity yeah like I was not practicing what I preached I was like (sighs) being this person on the outside which is so funny because you were like I was that person that was that you met at that event like I was putting on this front Mm. and at that point I was in a really I'd say a good better place but then it started to break down and I was like who who the fuck am I right and like if you're if you're valuing integrity, then there was no way that you could have continued going mm-hmm. on that timeline. Yeah, like you had to. It was like life just like redirected you and was like, skirt. <laughs> <laughs> like no, not Literally. that timeline. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And and like yeah, that's so crazy and amazing mm-hmm. and wonderful and wild. I kind of want to go back to the joy mm-hmm. in the midst of your pain because. I experienced firsthand that joy, like your glow, um, in the summer of last year, like when we went on my bachelorette trip together, which Tori was the mastermind behind all of that. <laughs> and I'm still in awe of that. Like, I'm going to remember that trip for the rest of my Me life too. for everyone. It was just, it was so fun. Um, so there was that. And then like my wedding and like you had your birthday and Brittany and I had my, our birthdays. We, there were just so many fun things and there was a lot of like summer energy, mm-hmm. even with like the pop-up shop, the pop-up shop yeah. at Love Sorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were so many wonderful things that like we got to celebrate together mm-hmm. and we got to experience together in joy and mm-hmm. in celebration and in lightness because yeah. you have this like deep inner knowing that I'm resilient. I'm strong. I'm, I'm going to get through this. This isn't my forever. How did that feel to be in that moment? Like maybe you want to talk about Santa Barbara. Yeah. So, I mean, in Santa Barbara, in Vail, at Love Sorrow, like in all of those like experiences, I felt so undeniably myself. And, and I think it's important to note, like even in my past relationship, like I was hiding a lot of parts of myself. And then as I started to come out 
of like into my own, I was wearing brighter colors and I was like doing things that I wanted to do that I never got to do, like singing and dancing and um, you let yourself sparkle. Yeah, I just <laughs> I let shine. myself shine. Like I was really dulled down by my relationship before. And I think in that experience of being in a place and a relationship and a life where I was just not happy and I was really depressed, like I let I, I dulled myself a lot too. And I think those moments over the summer and especially in Santa Barbara, like Santa Barbara was a I think a a turning point for me and like I just let myself be and I was fully present and like I was so unafraid to be myself that whole trip yeah and I was in the other instances but your wedding was different because I was around people I didn't know um I went by myself for a full day I spent my whole birthday That's solo right. <laughs> um so I think spending time with myself practicing this sounds silly but like practicing being myself in front of people that I had never met before like a lot of Derek's friends your family like I was like I don't know them I'm just gonna be me and like mm-hmm. see what happens and so I had liberty. zero expectation of like Am I going to hook up with anyone at the wedding? Am I going to like meet someone walking down the beach? Like those are, I think, thoughts that were going through my head. Like last time I was single is you're always thinking like, is this going to be the moment? Yeah. And all of Santa Barbara, I was like, I am just living in my energy. Like I will attract whatever is meant for me. I am living in luxury and abundance and like my own divine energy. And like, I just did what felt good. Like I, that whole trip didn't listen to any, anything else but my intuition. I was like, if I want to stay out till 3am, I'm going to stay out till 3am. Like if I want to go get myself a fancy lunch on the beach, like I'm going to go do that by myself. No one has to join me. If I want to dance like a crazy person at this wedding, like I'm going to do that too. And it was just, yeah, so liberating and experiencing all of that. It was like still in a time where I was healing, but like that trip was like, you are finally, like, you have arrived to yourself. Oh, that's so beautiful. And you could feel it, too. Like, Mm -hmm. around you, I just felt your energy. I felt your aliveness. I felt, Mm -hmm. like, your light. Your light is so infectious. Like, your light shines so bright, and, like, it can't help but light up everyone around you, truly. I know that sounds so cheesy when I say it out loud. <laughs> I but love you. It's so true. <laughs> I'll take it. And just, like, I just love, like, like you got your... Um, My convertible. Your, your convertible, your white Barbie convertible, <laughs> yeah. and... I rem- I'll never forget, I just have this image of you in my head of that photo that I took of you in that blue dress mm-hmm. with your little bag it, walking down the street in Santa Barbara <laughs> and you're just like living your best life mm-hmm. ever. And it was just, it just, it's it's a reminder that like life gets to be good. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was, I think what I was my mantra coming yes. out of it. Like life gets to be this good. It does. And I feel like a lot of the times we don't allow ourselves to like treat ourselves, to take care of ourselves, to enjoy and have fun and play Mm -hmm. and just like, like what if that trip, if I would have been like, I'm sick, I need to rest. I need to like just be by myself. I need to like stay in bed because I'm so tired. I need to reserve my energy. Like I wouldn't have gotten to experience any of that. That's so true. But yet I still let my, myself Like I would wake up early and I'd go meditate on the beach by Mm -hmm. myself and have that time to myself. I just did it all in a really intentional way. Yeah. And I think that was what the difference was like, but I could have let myself 
fall into that dark place. But I was like, I deserve this. Like I deserve to have this freedom in this moment. And like, despite dealing with the sickness and like the chaos at home, like this is for me. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Cause I feel like a lot, a lot of us women are living lives that we're living for someone else or we're living for the gram or Mm -hmm. like to make our partners happy or whatever. But like truly, and this is the core of my work is like, discover your essence, discover what lights you up, what makes you, Mm -hmm. you and do it for you. You don't have to do it for anyone else. Yeah. When you're dancing, you're not dancing for anyone else. You're just dancing to feel good. You're dancing Mm -hmm. to feel joy. Yeah. I think that time in my life, there was literally nothing else, but me to live for. I wasn't in a relationship. I didn't have a job. I wasn't attaching my worth to my business. Like I was literally spending every moment just discovering my essence and like figuring out what that meant to me. And like whether that meant jumping on the trampoline outside in my backyard (laughs) or like taking Poppy on a hot girl walk every morning or like strutting down the street in Santa Barbara in my blue maxi dress and my heels. Like Even that summer, like for me, I was like, I'm going to wear my heels everywhere because they make me feel good and confident, even though I had a broken ankle. (laughs) Oh my God, you do (laughs) remember that? I was like, but there was this one (laughs) pair of platforms that I could wear and I was like, I'm going to wear them everywhere. (laughs) That's true resilience. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. That's so funny. I love that so much. Yeah. And I I really think it's important to, if you're open to sharing too, Mm -hmm. like, um, your ex would like criticize you when you wore brighter colors mm-hmm. or like expressed yourself. And so it was like really your opportunity to let yourself shine and surround yourself with people who didn't judge you, but celebrated mm-hmm. you and were like fanning your flames. Like, yes, you know, like it was my wedding week, but it was also your birthday. So we're like, <laughs> let's celebrate it all. Yeah. And it was just so much fun. Yeah. It took a lot of practice for me to get to a point where I could like be bright and colorful and uniquely myself and living in my essence. Like I remember I had like tested out in little ways. Like I remember that bright colored scarf that I wore like that whole winter that I lived here. Like I wore it everywhere because I was like, okay, it's brightly colored. I'm going to just like test it out. See if this is for me. Like, and I've always, I've always been like a bright, like sparkle pink, like, that's my that is Tori that is who that's I am Tori style and, and like, she fucking rocks it <laughs> and my ex would like want me to wear neutrals and black and like I just had to really I found ways to like have my unique style in those six years but like those six years were like really I was not living in my unique divine self yeah so yeah it took a lot of practice but it it did take having relationships that allowed me to be like that, which mm-hmm. was relationships with you and with Britley and even like being around my siblings was really fun because, oh, yeah. and like my wildlife girls and my young life leader and being around my seventh graders, I was like, they love when I wear bright colors. They love when I wear smiley faces on all my clothes. Like that they, <laughs> they love that part of me. Like I got to play in that space. Yeah. And I think that's like the, the big takeaway is just like letting yourself play. Yeah. Yeah, your inner child. Let her out. Mm-hmm. Let her play. Yeah. I'll never forget when we were in um, Vail for my bachelorette and we were walking around just like window shopping and going into shops and we went into Aviator Nation mm-hmm. 
and both you and I stopped in our tracks and when we saw the bright blue with the smiley faces and we're like let's get matching sweatpants and they're like one of the loudest things that I own but like I think of you every time I wear them and you remind me to like own my bigness Mm -hmm. and like be bold. Be unapologetically myself and bold mm-hmm. and like let myself shine. So And you did that trip and like any everyone around us could feel all of our energy. Totally. Like we were all living in our biggest, boldest expression of ourselves. Yes. And like you could feel it from miles away. You totally could. Like everyone was staring at us and everyone just like would say, like would come up to us. Would come up to us and be like, You guys have such good energy. And we're like, Thanks. <laughs> we're just in a vortex. Yeah. Literally. Of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when so. you have people in your life that let you be whoever you want to be, like let you play in that, I think that's really important. For sure. Because like you encourage each other and like cheer each other on and mm-hmm. that energy amplifies. Yeah. And I like can almost like see and feel like the vortex that we were creating. Like mm-hmm. we were literally like expanding this portal of energy of literally love and joy Mm -hmm. and play and fun and it's like and connection and understanding and like we are all just like so deeply connected to each other that whole trip like having like these beautiful conversations about our lives and our businesses and what we've been through and like really like letting ourselves be vulnerable with each other and like I think all of us had a lot of female friendship trauma and like that trip was very healing for all of us in that way and Like, I think that was part of it. Like, we healed to a point where we could, like, be in that vortex and be bold and, like, walk around the Vale streets and, like, own them, you know? Totally. And I think it was healing in and of itself. Like, being Mm -hmm. in that good energy and having fun with each other was healing in and of itself because it, like, we were showing each other it's safe. Mm -hmm. It's safe to be yourself together. Another thing, too, is... I think that's really special about our friendships is that we are unafraid to dream big with each other mm-hmm. and we share our really big visions and we believe, we believe they're going to, we know that they're going to happen. They're and inevitable. Like, we probably don't <laughs> even realize to the caliber. Totally. Like, just like you didn't, you couldn't have made up how you and I met mm-hmm. and then how you moved here and how everything unfolded. Like, the bigness of the lives that we are going to live is so much bigger than us. Mm-hmm. And I feel like because we have each other in our lives, it's more than likely that it's going to happen. Like it makes it even more powerful when you have women in your corner, like as a team being like, I believe in you. You can do it. I love you. I'm here. How for can you. I help you? Like yeah. let's build each other up and like, how can I support you? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Oh, yay. You look so much like your sister right now. I don't really? know why. I just looked at you and I saw Tamara. I was like, whoa. We do look a lot alike, I think, um, in ways. Yeah. It's it's all so beautiful and it gets to be this good. And yes. I want everyone on the other end of this to know, like, it's not an anomaly. Like, this can happen for you too. Yeah. And it will. And, like, if you're listening to this podcast, then you're working on yourself and that's step one. Like, I think the second you start to really come into your own and, like, know your worth and set boundaries and like Melissa's boundary queen. Like she taught me how to, no one has taught me boundaries (laughs) like Melissa has just in the way that she embodies her own and it inspires me. But like that I've watched so many people in my life not have boundaries and I'm like, no wonder you can't 
be your best self and like do all the things you want to do and like why you think your dreams are impossible because you don't feel like you're worthy of them one and like you don't have the boundaries to get where you want to be and to protect your energy mm-hmm. and like Melissa has just taught me so much and she's always been my biggest inspiration and the small things to the big things all of it is possible and she has allowed that to be possible for me in my life like having a friend like her who has led me through that mm-hmm. um and I know she leads her clients through that too but you can have it all you can I love that thank you so much yeah. I hear you and see you and I'm so grateful that I can support you and I feel like sometimes I don't even realize that I that I am having that impact on you and it's really awesome to hear you reflect that to me because mm-hmm. I just that's all I want truly for every single woman is to develop boundaries and know their worth. Mm-hmm. So, well, and just, I feel like this is a good place to end it, yeah. but, um, something that Melissa said to me the other day, and I was telling her about this earlier was like, you can inspire people just by telling your story. And she was like telling me that just by sharing my experience of like taking a year off of working and like finding my own love for myself and my breakup and like this whole experience that I just told, like that itself can be the inspiration and like you yourself can be the inspiration and like moments like that with you are like, you're always inspiring me in little ways like that. And, um, I think I'm just so grateful for that one and to, like that has gotten me through so much and you're inspiring me even when you don't think you are oh thank you (laughs) or know you are I guess not think but no oh I'm so glad well I'm so glad that you got to share your story and that was my intention for this podcast is because I think it's so important to look back and see in retrospect from a bird's eye view like wow I just went through such an intense time And here's what I've learned. And Mm -hmm. now like you get to share that with the world, like share your gifts, share your lessons and share your story. Like you said, cause you never know who's listening out there. Mm -hmm. And I think too, like one of your intentions was to be vulnerable. And I think that we can't really connect unless we're vulnerable with each other and actually share our truth and speak our truth. So Mm -hmm. I'm just really proud of you for speaking all of your truths today and sharing because I know it's going to help someone out there. So giving me the space to do so. Yeah. So Tori has a couple of things coming up in her business, which is Mm -hmm. really exciting. So if you're interested in learning more about Tori and what she's up to and her business, she factor, which is like so badass. I'm going to be relaunching my business. Um, You can go follow us at the she factor um, or go to thesheefactor.com and we're going to be hosting a conference on April 21st in Denver. So if you're in Denver, would love to see you there. We'll be posting about it. Melissa will be a speaker at it. So you'll hear more about that, I'm sure. Yes. But any opportunity I have to have Melissa be a part of anything with She Factor, I do because I, she just touches lives so easily. Um, but yeah, check that out. And then also I will be starting to share more on my personal page too, about just like my health and my healing journey and everything that I, all my lessons I talked about today. So you can follow me at Tori Ganon. And I'll link everything in the notes. 
Okay, thank you so I much. I love, love you so much. Okay, my best. If you haven't Bye. already, go to iTunes or Spotify and hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode when it's released. And if you found this episode super valuable and think that other women like you would benefit from it, go over to iTunes and leave a rating and review so that people can find this podcast. And if we haven't met yet, I would love to meet you. Go over to my Instagram or TikTok at I am Melissa Emily and say hello. You can also head over to my website, theworthywoman.co, if you're interested in learning more about all of my offerings and juiciness that I've been creating for you so that you can reclaim your feminine power and gain massive self-worth in your life. Don't forget you are worthy because you are. I love you so much and I'll see you in the next episode.